You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Rami Makloff, I am of desert people. So we'll get here. Oh, I don't feel good. And now I got to go to work. <laughs> TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. How do you guys feel sleeping on it? Twenty four hours after the the Mets aftermath at Target Field, I was I was I was okay yesterday. Quit playing stupid baseball, I'll feel good. Rami's like, I have a my pillow. What are you talking yeah, about? Exactly. Promo code yeah. North. Yeah. I sleep great. <laughs> Go to mypillow.com. Enter the promo code North. You'll sleep great too. I'm absolutely fine if you come back tonight and play smart baseball. Yeah, Eddie Rosario not in the lab tonight. Yeah, I'm gonna do some digging. Punishment. On, I'm gonna check on that one. And there is and there is is a minor well. There's a roster move that's going to appear small that's not small, also, that, that we should definitely talk about, because yeah. the Twins are pulling the equivalent of a bullpen hit. Goodfellas-like. <laughs> and, it's ve- and it's very interesting, and it's very calculated. Well, this is like the, uh, and I the, love it. the baptism scene in The Godfather, sure, the baptism pick, was going on. You pick whatever you want. one after another. I said, it's getting picked off. I said it, it's when Clapton starts to play. When the little kids are playing stickball below the bridge, and and you and you get Clapton starts playing, and the little kid looks in the car, and the guy that the bought the new car and bought a uh, a new mink coat for his wife, yeah. have both been knocked mm-hmm. off, and like it leads to, and I've never seen Jimmy so happy as he was. <laughs> I distance myself from Latanza. This is the bullpen head. So how do you guys feel? Uh, so Glenn, Glenn Perkins hosts the Thursday episode of the Scorner Twin Show, so we. Mm-hmm. We, uh, if you missed it in the new now, you can go podcast it anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Going on a twin show, five day a week twin show. But do you guys view Glenn Perkins as a pretty good judge of knowing what he's watching on a baseball field and uh, just a good barometer for whether you should panic or not? Like he, yeah, absolutely. Do you trust Glenn Perkins? I guess absolutely is what I'm asking. Yeah, Judge, do you trust Glenn Perkins? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, this is what Glenn Perkins had to say earlier today, pretty close to the top of the show. So they, they, the Twins had peaked at 11 and a half, and I'm like, okay, so the Twins have played mediocre-ish baseball for the past six weeks now, since I think June 3rd. Their high watermark was 40 and 18 on June 2nd. And the Indians have played as good as they possibly can, and they only cut the lead in half. So if you look at it that way, like they have to do that again now. So they have to continue, the Twins have to continue to not play well, and the Indians have to continue to play as well as they have, which I don't think either of those things are going to happen. Like, odds are... That's a very... I, I, he's he's being very 30,000 foot and logical in his assessment, saying the Indians have played really well, the Twins have played really poorly, and they've only cut the lead in half. And so do you trust those two trends to continue? And if you start to... I want to give you guys just another piece of positivity here, another piece of optimism, because I've slept on it, and I feel like... I feel like there's a couple really, really good examples in recent baseball history that we shouldn't ignore. Like the last four World Series winners, okay? 
Mm-hmm. The last four World Series winners. Let's go back to the 2015 Royals. PMAC fact attack. Here it comes. Here it comes. Ack, 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 ack. <laughs> 2015 <laughs> World Series winning Royals went mm-hmm. 11 and 17 in September. They were terrible in September. In like September. The, like the worst month that you could be terrible in, right? 11 and 17 in September. Well, certainly their season was over, right? Clearly. What did they go and do? Oh, they won the World Series. Oh, that's right. Sorry. That's right. They won the World Series. The 2016 Rami Makhlouf Cubs. I don't remember. They won 103 games in the regular season. I don't remember what happened. How did that end? Well, let's see. Uh, With a big trade. They were six games That's below how. 500 over a stretch. Over a month-long stretch in the middle of the year, they played six games below 500. They also lost 8 of 12 in June, 6 of 7 in June, and 8 of 9 in July. Mm-hmm. So they were just atrocious for like a couple months. And they went on to win the World Series. 2017 Astros, another 101-win regular season team. From July 6th until the middle of September, they were under 500. They played a two-and-a-half-month stretch under 500. And then last year's Red Sox, we talked about this team on the show yesterday. They started 17-2 and and then played below 500 baseball for a month, and they also lost 6-8 of in June. Like, they just were terrible for over a month. I could also point to a team that won the National League but failed in the World Series in seven games, the 2017 Dodgers that lost 16 of 17 in August and September and went on to win the National League. So with all those examples in mind, those are the best teams that won the World Series the last four years. And what have the Twins done? They lost three in a row. They lost three in a row. That's it. But they still still need to make fixes, obviously. But there's a lot of prime examples of top, top teams hitting the skids for like two and a half months and still won the World Series. I think Judd has nothing to say. I think there's a key, speechless. The key, speechless the absolute oh, key thing that has to be weighed here, though, is the fact that the baseball gods have presented them with an opportunity that, as Rami knows from his Cubs, the Cubs pounced on and took advantage of. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm not saying the Twins are dead. They're not dead. They could be absolutely if they come back and play a good series here in the four games against a red hot Oakland team, they could be absolutely fine. But where this has to be weighed is in the middle of, okay, but what are you going to do? And I and by the way, I do think the Twins are on the precipice here of doing something fairly big. It would seem so. So I have confidence because in the last, what, since Saturday, Mejia's been DFA'd. Uh, today, McGill was. Morin was, what, two days ago now? Mm-hmm. Three guys. The 40-man roster right now is down to 36 guys. That doesn't that doesn't make a lot of sense unless you're planning on trying to fill those spots those with, with different people. Exactly, cheap can't even keep the forty man roster full. So I think that the conversation is it's not time to panic. It is time to make a move, and I think they're going to. But it's time to make a move to improve your chances in October. It's not time to make a move because you have to hold off you know the what? Indians. No, those are two very different. I things. disagree. There, it's time to make a move, not to prove anything to your front office. Who would make the move? Not to prove it to your fan base. I disagree. I think it's time to make a move to show the people in your clubhouse we believe. And you've hit a rough stretch here, and that's absolutely fine. It's baseball. All of Phil's examples are exactly right. But it's baseball. And therefore, just like two years back as the Twins uh, pursued the wild card berth and, and started to come unglued in July. In fact, I think it was around this time, if I'm not mistaken. And they dumped basically saying, we don't believe this. And then the Twins made the playoff game and lost. But in this case, 
I look at this team and say, this is a pretty good team. And so it's time to make a move to show those guys in that home clubhouse at Target Field, we believe too. So your is your theory that they started off hot, they've just gotten kind of flat here, yeah. and if you were to tell the team, like there, it would be a, a two-pronged move. You'd make the team better by just adding a better pitcher or multiple better pitchers to the organization. But you're saying that the other prong, hey, guys, we're going to pick you up during these dog periods of the season. We're going to pick you up by making a trade because we believe in you. Absolutely. And I think some of that's narrative. I mean, it's it's hard to say, yep, there's 10 concrete examples where a club, a bolt of lightning went through a clubhouse because, like, Carlos Beltran got traded to the Astros or whatever examples you want. You know, oh, CC Sabathia is coming to the clubhouse, and we're the Brewers, and there's a bolt of lightning. Or is it just... No, the team got better because you added a better it's both. player. I think it's both. It's both. But but what what group of employees in, in any walk of life who's passionate about their jobs does not appreciate the pat on the back and people saying, we get that the job is rough, you're good, now you're better. So it's both, which is fine. Absolutely fine. Yeah, I do think it's both. But when the cut, you know, but... When the Cubs made that, that move, it improved the Cubs without a doubt with the arm that they put in there as well. But it also said to that group of players, you're really good, been, and now you're better. We've been talking about this, yeah. about the fact that what, why is this team, why is this team's personality and, and, and this team, this, the whole, the whole look, the whole feel of this team different. And it's, it, they feed them, they, they depend on each other in terms of how confident you are and how talented you are. And a lot of it has to do with how much pressure is lifted off of you. You don't think Taylor Rogers is going to feel a little bit better, a little bit of weight lifted off his back when they go and add an arm to this bullpen, a late-inning arm to this bullpen? He's going to feel a hell of a lot better, and he's going to go out on the mound with a little bit less weight on his shoulders. So is Rocco, too. Pressure, a little bit, yeah, Rocco's so is Rocco, feel a when he does, too. doesn't have to continually call down to the bullpen and say, get Rogers up again. Exactly. Yeah. It's and, the same effect that a Nelson Cruz has on a lineup. But it's true in, in baseball. It's true in Absolutely. this business. It's true in every business that when, when you're a successful employee and yet things start to drag and your boss comes and says, here's a little something more, you say, okay, that's that's fantastic, great. Mm-hmm. I I've, think the, the tough part to swallow in the short term here is it might actually get, if you know, barring a trade today that brings in Marcus Stroman and Ken Giles or Kirby Yates or something, it might get worse before it gets better. Have you heard something? That's a very specific. That's very specific. A trade that brings in uh, you know Marcus Marcus Stroman and Ken Giles for uh, you know Brent Rooker and a couple of players to be named later in the in the prospect bin. Is this Hold per? On, let, me, let me try that again. Per, right. per sources. There you go. Reckless speculation. I saw what you were trying to do there. By the way, the uh, what. You had your hand on the button, oh, yeah. and you were desperately trying to fire that, and it didn't fire, so, yeah, you know, you, I saw it. You don't have to tell people that, Judd. It's radio. It's theater of the bar. Oh, it's more fun. <laughs> Full disclosure, so much more fun. But the reason why it might get worse before it gets better, sorry to Twins fans out there, is because... Hold on, hold on. My sheet at the top says Mackey's Twins Positivity. What is wait this for worse it. before it gets wait better? Wait for it. I'm telling okay. you, just wait for it. All right, okay? all right. The the next couple weeks, Cleveland still has another game against Detroit tonight. <laughs> then they get three at home against Kansas City, and then they get three on the road against Toronto and four against Kansas City. They just they play the worst teams in the American League, not named the Orioles, over the next couple weeks leading up to the trade deadline. How did the Indians end up on the junior circuit for two straight months? What the hell happened? It's weird. 
Yeah, like Royals. Uh, the Twins Royals, had two months. Royals. Of, not this. Not like they this. Had, they had a lot of these they same teams. Weeks. And they've still got them coming. Oh, yeah. And, too, sure. So don't worry about it. And while the Indians are, are still playing Detroit and Kansas City and Toronto and Kansas City again, the Twins are playing Red Hot Oakland. They're playing the Yankees. But as you go forward... And and you look into like after the trade deadline, that's where it gets really really rough for Cleveland. They've got Yankees four times. They get Boston. They get Houston three times. Um, they've got to play the Angels a bunch of times, and the Angels are no pushover. So the the schedule does turn. They play at Tampa Bay three games, and Twins Twins start to get Central teams again. Correct? Yes, they start to get the Royals and the Tigers. But it doesn't happen for like another couple weeks. Yeah. So it is possible. Now after that. Twins are going to make a trade. Indian schedule gets tough, and I'm on the Bomba bus for the long run here. But it's possible the Indians overtake the division in like the next couple weeks because their schedule's so bad. What happens also to them from a mental standpoint when Bauer gets traded? What do you mean when Bauer gets traded? I think Bauer's get. I think he gets dealt. I don't know. He's going to cost him a lot. How could you justify sense. making that trade? Because, because you're you're going to say you're going to point exactly at what the Rays did with the Pirates last year at this time with Archer and say that's the trade. Which which by but the, the Rays way didn't make the playoffs is, is what you're going to sell to your fan base. But again, in the clubhouse, if I play for Cleveland, I'm going to be like, great, thanks a lot, and I think they're going to trade him. I really do. I think they're dysfunctional enough still. They're I think 14 games over 500, and they might they I might know, be 20 games over 500 at the trade deadline. Bet you five bucks. Okay. Bet you five bucks, they'll trade them. I'll take it. They're throwing around a lot of bets lately. Yeah, they're, very, they're very small. They used to be bigger. <laughs> I'll bet you five bucks. But like, if, okay, th- just think about this for a second. I know the, the, the talk when the Indians were buried and below 500 was, well, who are they going to trade Bauer to? They're 14 games over 500, and they're four games back in the division, and they play a bunch of bad teams the next yeah, two weeks. Are they going to add? And if they're not going to add, they have to ask themselves, what does making the playoffs really do for us? But can if they, we can if, we contend with the Red Sox and the Yankees? And what's Kluber's status right now? The Astros of the world. He's coming back, right? There's a good chance eventually. Yes, which they'll point to as an addition if they trade Bauer. Like if this team has a rotation. Of Bauer, Kluber, let's say Carrasco doesn't even come back. And by the way, like he might come back too. Yeah. They're saying that he might resume throwing at some point. Bieber, Clevenger. If you went Kluber, Bauer, Bieber, and Clevenger, you can beat any team in a postseason series. So I'm not so I'm not so sold on Cleveland as guaranteed to be trading Trevor Bauer. I don't think they should. I they just might they even will. add a reliever or something. It's or, or bat. It makes more sense for them to add a bat. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Cleveland adds. Everyone's been talking about them selling. I don't think they, they add. Over 500. I don't think they add. I, I, don't I think, think they're they too darn cheap. They're I playing at like a 95-win pace right now. No, I'm not arguing that they shouldn't add. I don't think that they will add. Tom Hamilton was on the Twins show last week. And it was, was very... Weeks ago. He was intoxicated. I don't know what... He I, was definitive no. and he was very good and I believed him. And very honest about no, the team that he covers on a day-in, day-out basis. And don't forget, the, the Rays didn't make the playoffs, but I believe if you look post-Archer trade last year, the Rays went on a really nice run and still finished strong there. I'm just, I'm not agreeing that Cleveland should do these things. I just have a feeling, I'm not going to be surprised if they do that. I'm about 70-30 that they will trade Bauer. But 30% is a significant chance that they don't. They still have another year of contractual control. Yeah, It's not like he loses all but he's value. Gonna make, but he's going to make a ton in that year. Yeah. And so, yeah. But it's not like he loses right. all value if they don't trade him before the end of the season. That's true. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're uh, if you're still on the Bomba bus, if you haven't bailed after three losses and a bad two-game bailed. series against the Mets. Come on. We have an opportunity for you guys, but you have to take advantage between 
4 and 6 o'clock during our show today. We're calling it Appy Hour, and you can win Twins-Yankees tickets. It's very easy. All you have to do is open the Score North app before 6 o'clock today. Judd's opening a beer right and now. And you're entered. He thought, he thought you said happy hour. <laughs> yeah, well, he came very close, didn't he? <laughs> Judd's got a beer bong over in the corner. No, Judd, that's not. I just want a surly, okay? Judd's just full I don't of need a beer. I don't need a beer bong. I just want one surly. <laughs> in fact, uh, I'm not eligible, but I just opened I opened up the Score North mobile app. Yes. I have an Apple device. If you have an Android device, you, it's free to download on either one of these uh, platforms. But you open the app, and a little box pops up and says... Hey, do you want to enter to win Twins Yankees tickets for July twenty oh, third? Up for you. You literally click enter, boom. Done. and boom. If nice. you're not in on the Score North mobile app or you're not registered, it's very easy. Go download it; it's free. Register your name and your email address, and then enter to win the Twins Yankees tickets. But your window is only from now until six o'clock. If you're listening live, maybe you're listening on the mobile app right now. Maybe you've already entered. Which day are those tickets for? Tuesday, July twenty third, nice. next week. Okay. Yep. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North. And our guy Tom, speaking of Target Field, our favorite uh, Target Field bartender, Tom, he tweets in here, if you guys do any reckless speculation this afternoon, let's try to put Noah Syndergaard out of it. He's got a four-and-a-half ERA in a mediocre National League division. It's just not a good idea. Uh, Tom, have you been looking at our uh, our prep sheet? Because we're going to dive into a Noah Syndergaard discussion when we come back here. He also included a picture of 2016 Thor from the Marvel series. The fat Thor. And then some Thor. Thor fat guy. Yeah. No, Thor was fat. Why are we doing this yeah. to people? Spoiler alert. Why, why are we doing this now? Spoiler alert. Thor was it's fat. It's so unfair, though. Avengers Endgame. People get fat. Let's cut him some slack. But that, I mean, he still, he still kicked ass and... Yeah, he really did. Yeah. What I said is <laughs> that I prefer- is like the king of drugs <laughs> right there. What I said oh is, was it clean? Was it clean? Was it clean? Yes, it was clean. <laughs> and I do I'm prefer so fatty. excited about this. <laughs> hey, yes. I don't oh, body man. shame. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, you know we don't TV shame around here. I curveball shame. We kind of do. We shame you for watching The Bachelor. Yeah, we do. Rami's right. We do a little bit. I would shame people for not watching a TCL TV. You can watch whatever you want on a TCL TV. I'm like you guys. You guys shame me. I'm going to watch Bachelor in Paradise starting in three weeks. Mm. It's going to be amazing. Enjoy. You guys can come over and hang out if you want to. Watch along. It's going to be on a TCL TV. Going to get all of those... uh, all of those... I'm trying to think of... uh, Like Dean. Dean's six-pack in 4K picture quality. Yeah. It's going to... Gonna be glorious. I don't know who Dean is. Well, come on over and watch Bachelor uh, in Paradise with me. Be great for you. I'm gonna have to pass. But TCL has four thousand yeah, plus streaming channels and four hundred thousand plus movies and TV show episodes. And even though we don't, we don't, we don't shame you for not watching a TCL TV. Uh, I, I mean, quite frankly, it's the best TV on the market, the best picture quality, the best price. Go to a major local retailer and just stare at one for yourself. Do some comparison staring. Go look at a TCL TV, toggle around, and then uh, go try your luck at a different TV, and you'll notice the difference. TCL is America's fastest-growing TV brand for a reason. You can find out more at TCLUSA.com. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. Reckless speculation. Right. Where do you guys stand on Noah Syndergaard? No, I, Noah Syndergaard. I feel, I feel like Wetmore is completely in. I'm fine with the talk, but I'm not in love with with the fact that I think the return would be way too much. Rami, what's your I thought? Di- I dip my toes in the pool of those I think trade we're the same. talks. 
Don't but, you? Yeah, but I'm not like high on him. I'm not. I'm. I'm Derek not. was was all in. Yeah, Derek loves him. With him. No, I'm all in. Really? Yeah. Bring him in. Here's a here's a Is note. This because of the Thor thing? No, and you're just a big comic book guy. No, I mean right. that does help. Okay. No, I just like. Wait, 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 I don't know. His. I don't know. Is this because you're, 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 you're a loser? You're a nerd? Yeah. Yeah. Rami's clearly preparing for cram <laughs> yeah, session. Yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not it's off the judge. Oh wait, let's throw some salt on him. So this is from BleacherReport.com. An unnamed general manager told ESPN's Jeff Passan that the New York Mets are asking for quote a few arms and a leg for right-handed starting pitcher Noah Syndergaard ahead of the July 31st non-waiver trade deadline. The GM also told Passan that he didn't believe Syndergaard would be traded and that he foresees a quiet deadline overall. Passan reported the Mets are still taking calls on Syndergaard, but that he's, quote, still going to take a 600-pound test line to reel in. So you'd have to give up. You'd have, For sure, you'd have to give up either Royce Lewis or Alex Kirloff yeah. to get Noah Syndergaard. But here's, here's where I am very much in on Syndergaard, even if it's going to cost a lot of, like, I, I'm not actively looking to, if I can get Stroman for less, mm-hmm. I'm in on, like, a Stroman reliever package for less. Okay. But if... People are scared off because Noah Syndergaard has a four and a half ERA and his strikeout rate is down. And like the numbers are kind of going in the wrong direction. I would point to these things. He's 26 years old. He's in the middle of his physical peak, right? He's in the middle of his pitching prime, 26 years old. And he's going to work every single day for one of the most incompetent professional sports franchises in the country right now. In which the manager is fighting with reporters every other day. Yeah, just with the twins, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Throwing chairs. They look pretty good. Out. They look pretty good here at Target Field, boys. Well, meet fair enough. The meet Mets. the Mets. <laughs> the Mets. <laughs> but don't you think to what to kind of what to what Jeb was saying last segment? I mean, there's a certain human element involved in stuff that you can't really quantify on a stat page. Where if you just tell Noah Syndergaard, "Hey, we're going to get you out of this complete dumpster fire situation," in which you're making $6 million and you're under team control for two and a half years and they've lowballed you in contract discussions. Like, let's just get you out of this toxic environment that isn't working for you and let's put you in a real system and a real machine that can draw some stuff out of you. I think you would see him go to another level with his performance. I see what you're saying. What The, the concern that I have is the the drop in production has followed a string of injuries. And so while you're right, he's 26, he should be entering his physical prime. You wonder if it's a case of all those injuries catching up to him and the wear and tear of years and years of being hurt or sick because he had foot and mouth disease last year, which I don't even know how you get that if you're not a four-year-old. But okay, he had foot and mouth disease. He's got a heart. He's had a lat strain. He's had, he's had arm problems. He's had hamstring problems. I mean, it's up and down his body, and I just wonder if it's starting to take its toll, even though he is just 26 years it's old. up and down it his is. body. It's yeah, everywhere. It's funny what, way to say it. What is foot and mouth disease? I don't I bet know. Jonathan knows because I... I bet he knows from. I understand it's you've got kids common in daycares. It is that I know. Let's it's see. hand, foot, and mouth disease. Hand, foot, hand, and mouth, foot disease. mouth disease Sorry. is a viral illness that usually affects infants and children younger than five. Yeah, that's all it says. So sy- symptoms: uh, hand and foot and mouth disease may cause all of the following signs and symptoms, or just some of them, depending on how lucky you are. I guess <laughs> fever, mouth sore, sore throat. Ah. Feeling of being feeling of being unwell is one of the symptoms. Well, I would say I feel so. un, I feel unwell. Tonight. Life is a Met right there. <laughs> Constant feeling of being unwell if you're a New York Met until you got here. Painful red blister like lesions oh. on the tongue, gums, and inside of the cheeks. A red rash without itching, but sometimes blistering on the palms, soles, and sometimes the buttocks. 
irritability in infants and toddlers and loss of appetite. And this dude still had like a three and a half ERA. <laughs> Why would you not want to trade for him? Because what if he infects the whole locker room? <laughs> He was contagious. You can quarantine him and bring him out once every four or five days. We lost the pennant because of hand, foot, and mouth disease. The bubble boy in the the clubhouse. (laughs) Was that Travolta? Bubble boy? Yeah, and then it was an episode of Seinfeld, too. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. I'm looking for causes because I didn't get hand, foot, and mouth disease. Do you do you really want to find the Why answer to that question, yes. Rami? So I don't get it. Yes, I, I want to. Okay, know. you know what? You be paranoid. You be you. This is such causes. a Rami. Here we go. Causes and transmission. Oh no. Hand, foot, and mouth disease Radio is caused pitching. by viruses that belong to the enterovirus genus group, whatever, oh, which just, includes... Okay, I don't know how to pronounce any of these. Yeah, words, I was so going to say, Dr. Luck. Harrison, can you... Stat, I have no stat, idea. find it. Code I, red, Dr. Harrison. Let me call up my wife. She might know how to pronounce some of these words. Uh, by the way, real quick, since Rami's, Rami's rocking the Cubs hat again today, can we just quick give an applause to you, Darvish, for picking up his first win? Oh, no, no, don't get Rami started now. Now he's going to defend the signing. He went off on me in the funny email guys. Oh, I know he did. He said, And then he sent like, you all the stats. Like I'm just, I still don't want him here. Just throwing out topics, Rami. Are that we dude, glad that we didn't get you, Darvish? Dude signed two years ago. Mm-hmm. A year and a half. And now pitcher wins aren't, you know, really a great a measurement, but when it takes you, when yeah, it no, takes now almost we, two now full we, seasons. Yeah, now we want to pay attention to pitcher wins. <laughs> when it suits oh, you, what other, making fun what of my What other cubs. numbers do you want to pay attention wins, to? I'll, I'll tell you. Do you know how quickly you the, cubs, the Cubs would bail out of that contract if they were given so. that option right now? So. Do you know how quickly Theo would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll raise my hand and get rid of this guy? Theo's not short-sighted like you guys. You don't sign a guy to a six-year deal to judge it after a year and a half in which the guy wasn't physically right. And guess what at the back end, he's not going to be physically playing baseball. He looks pretty good his last nine starts with a three and a half That's ERA, fantastic. 176 small batting size. average against 28% strikeout rate, 5.7% walk rate. When it suits me, small sample size. And 5.7% walk rate. People are like, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. That's what the twins mean. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, he get, I just, I'm looking, he gave up five runs like a week ago. Mm hmm. I just I'm talking he about you smoked see, by the the Braves. That's smoked a small by the Pirates. sample size. You want to pick out one start. I just gave you nine <laughs> starts where he pitched fifty four innings. Wait a second. Better better than, all of last I still don't want, the, of I still don't want the contract. I'm still not giving a six year contract to that guy. Better. He's gonna help us win a World Series. <laughs> oh, oh, here here oh, it comes. Help us win a World Series. Us. Wait, well, you can't see so I if from a twins fan perspective, uh huh. They dodged a major bullet I don't in think, New Darvish. I mean, I, all, He's going to be 33 look, years old in like All a month. I've said up until now is it's too early to say that's a bad signing. I haven't said <laughs> it's, it's been a, two years. I, it's been a year and a Do half. Do you know how strapped the Twins would be financially if they had this guy's contract? <laughs> no. Why would they be strapped financially? What's their payroll right now? They would be. This is a terrible contract. And you can't the term's say that too yet. Long. I the don't money's think you too high. Say, you can't say that yet. It's too early to say. No, it's not. I think it is. The back end of the contract's a disaster, I'm and not the front say- end was. I'm not saying it's a good contract. I'm just saying it's too early to say it's a bad contract. Okay, let me ask you this. The jury is still out. Right now. <laughs> no, the jury's not out. And his out. last nine stars The jury convicted all counts guilty. If you Darvish was available right now, mm-hmm. and he's just a free agent, let's say he's, whatever he's done the last year and a half, mm-hmm. which is garbage, <laughs> he's, he's available to be had, uh-huh. but it's you have to pick real. up his current, co- so you have to pay him 
20 million, 22, 22, 19, and 18 until he's 37 years old. I wouldn't have to because there are a lot of short-sighted people like you out there, and I could get them a lot cheaper. But that was the price for him at the time. No, I'm saying if that was the price right now. No, like I said, I probably wouldn't have to. He's what are you talking question? about? I'm no, no, the question. Phil Mackey no, the question. Would you do the question? Would you do the contract? Introducing reality to it, just Hold like on. you did with okay. my hypothetical last week. You Hold wouldn't have to. Here. All right. Okay, Phil. So for so if if Syndicard is out there, if he's being shopped, and you are Falvey slash Levine, what are you willing to trade for him? Like, what's your what's your deal that you would be willing to do? Because this is where. I'm on the fence completely here, and this is where I'll go to one side or the other. I would give up, again, I, if this is all, like, to put it into context, if I can hang on to Kirloff and Lewis mm-hmm. and get, like, Marcus Stroman instead of Noah Syndergaard, I go down that path. Because I think if I'm looking at the sum of all the parts, I'd rather have, I'd rather keep Kirloff and Lewis and get Stroman and a reliever somewhere else and have all of those things. Like, I'd rather have those things. If you told me, hey, sorry, it's all kind of the same price, like Syndergaard and Stroman, these guys are all just going to be really expensive, I would give up Alex Kirloff. I'd, I'd, I guess I'd I'd rather keep the shortstop. I'd rather keep Royce Lewis and, the, and keep give up Kirloff. So I, w- I would okay. give up Kirloff for Noah Syndergaard. Jonathan nodded his head. I'd think about it. I'd think about it. I don't. You get two two and a half years. I don't think years. they would do it, and I don't think I would do that. And you, Darvish, just I have to, my reservations. When when you had a chance to sign you, Darvish, and the Twins offered over a hundred million dollars on, a, I believe, a five year deal for Darvish, and the Cubs went another year and another like twenty million dollars, and you knew that he was already thirty years old. Yeah. Like with Syndergaard, and you're only giving up money. That's the trade off. Obviously, if you could give up twenty million dollars a year instead of Alex Kirilov, you would do that for for Noah Syndergaard, but. If I'm getting a guy who's 26, there's far less risk than getting a guy who's 30. If we're talking, and he Syndergaard yeah, actually makes a lot less money too because he's he hasn't signed a big contract yet. But yeah. I give up Kirloff, Kirloff, and a couple more things. They, hey. They'd want more. By the way, have you ever already got or a trade package referred to as three arms and a leg? <laughs> I've never heard that before from any GM or front Sounds office. Sounds like a guy. restaurant. Yeah. Three arms and a leg. What, what does a leg even mean? Like you no, need... it's like saying give up an arm and a leg for something. Oh, you ever heard? oh! I thought he meant like three arms, like pitching arms, and a and soccer, a, and a and soccer a leg. player. Like, legs Buxton, well, like some speed. It's speed. It's Byron like Nobody Buxton. wants speed in baseball. It'll give you Kirloff and Miguel Ibarra. <laughs> <laughs> Great shot. <laughs> I think he's just saying, like, yeah, it's an arm and a leg is a lot to give up, and they're asking for three arms and a leg. I from any you. team that wants which to trade mean, for Noah which means which means they're asking price probably Kirilov. I was reading it more literally. Lewis possibly as well. But they, they would probably want three top 10 prospects or three top 15 prospects, that including is, one of your top two at the very least. Man, that's a, they it's would a not steep do price. That. It's a, that'd it, be too much for and them. And that's the thing. Like, it, it's, it, would be, it would be really, really fun to have that spark. But we, we did a deep dive into this on the Score on a Twin show today with Glenn Perkins if you want the full geeky deep dive. But if you add, let's say Noah Syndergaard comes to the Twins organization and, he, and he's just like instantly refreshed and he goes back to being the best pitcher or one of the best pitchers in baseball and you get that version of him. It's not like other sports where if I add Tom Brady to a team, I boom, I go up and I'm guaranteed to be in the Super Bowl, right? I add LeBron James to a team. I'm guaranteed to be, I add Kevin Durant to the Warriors. I go from being a 25% chance to win the whole thing to a 100%. Much more parallel. If I add, this is where you have to weigh it. If you add 
peak Noah Syndergaard. To, so this team currently has an 8% chance, according to websites, to win the World Series right now. If you add Noah Syndergaard to this team, peak Noah Syndergaard, it's not like it goes from 8% to 75%. It goes from like 8% to 12% yeah, or 15% say, or something. Like 10, 12, yep. something like that. Yep. If you added, if, if it was basketball and you're the Timberwolves and you added in his prime LeBron James with Carl Anthony Towns, it, beca- it goes from being like 2% to 70%. Mm-hmm. So that's why, like, when, when people criticize front offices, why don't you give up prospects? Because the margin you're gaining in baseball isn't a big enough guarantee to give up potentially like 12 years worth of really good players. That's why teams, you're wondering, well, why haven't, it's where we're sitting at July 18th, and there's been like two trades so far in baseball. Why won't teams make a move? And it's because they don't want to. They don't want to gain a five percent chance to win the World Series and give up like twelve years of a shortstop and a pitcher that could be in their in their organization for a long time. The, the cautionary tale, I think, comes back to, and this is the trade that everybody wants to make now, like the Clevelands, but it's the scary thing: the the Rays Archer trade. Because we all thought Chris Archer to Pittsburgh, this is the greatest thing ever. This is fantastic. I don't know what happened to Archer, man. But it but used to be so good. They also the Pirates gave up two really really good players there, and plus those players, guess what, are controlled for a long time. I still want to trade, but I understand why you wouldn't just go all star hunting completely and give up two huge key uh, uh, prospects for that trade. I get that. That's that's the conundrum and the difficult thing here. But I, I think by clearing out more and more space on the uh, 40-man roster, excuse me, that the Twins are showing definitively that they're going to do something. I just don't know how big it's going to yeah. be. I mean, like the Cubs, we went over this, I think, yesterday, too. Like the Cubs, when they, pre, pre-Araldis Chapman, the Cubs had a 12% chance to win the World Series or whatever it was. And then they added Araldis Chapman, and it was like, oh, cool. Like now it's an 18% chance or right. a 20% chance. Right. It, it wasn't 80% chance. But what you also did with, with a guy as good as Chapman and as highly sought after as Chapman was at that trade deadline, you kept him out of the hands of people who you knew you were going to be facing in October. I think that's another thing you have to consider. I don't know that that's necessarily the case with Syndergaard or Bauer. I don't think it's guaranteed that either of those guys get traded. But some of the more rare pieces. On the trading block, who you know are going to get dealt, part of going out and getting them is keeping them out of the hands of your soon-to-be opponents in October. Yeah, that's a fair point. You know, if the if the Astros wind up with Madison Bumgarner and they can refresh him like they did with Justin Verlander, it just makes your path to catching them and the Yankees right. a lot longer. Six five one six four six eight two five five. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami, Larry in Woodbury. What's up, Larry? Uh- how we doing, boys? What's happening, man? Well, I think the baseball gods should smile on the Twins. And there should be some sort of retribution for 2008 and giving up the premier left-handed pitcher in all of baseball and Johan Santana for Carlos Gomez, Violas Guerra, <laughs> Philip Umber. He threw no hitter. Threw. And, and Kevin Mulvey. <laughs> are, are you kidding me? So, I don't see the we, problem. Uh, just have a, little, have a little reach around on the Mets and uh, square that thing up? That's all I got. Thanks. So you want to fleece the Mets? <laughs> fleece the Mets. <laughs> Everyone else is fleecing the Mets. 
Hey, I contend. Here's my hot take yeah, of the show. It wasn't a good trade. The Twins traded Johan Santana for Carlos Gomez as the centerpiece. And that trade was universally panned after you saw it. Like, Gomez then got traded away. But the Twins were actually way more right about Carlos Gomez than initially thought because they just bailed on him after two years and they refused to send him back to the minor leagues to get his swing right. And they just kind of hung him out to dry against major league pitching. But he goes to the Brewers and becomes one of the best players in baseball for like two years and then goes through some injury issues. So, like, I, that trade. They identified Carlos Gomez probably correctly, but they weren't able to be patient enough and develop him. And it turned in, it basically turned into Carlos Gomez for Jim Hoey, who became a car salesman the, five minutes the after tra- the Twins traded. The trade, trade was okay. Was he a good for car a while. salesman? Jim Ho- Poor I mean, Jim he was, Hoey. He was a friendly greeter. What kind of. He is the. He is the poster child for the Twins circa, what, 2011 to basically 2014. Yeah. Oh, this, we, we need more velocity. This guy's <laughs> tall and throws hard. Yeah, but he's blindfolded, unfortunately. We don't care. We'll take him anyway. <laughs> uh, just to the backstop. J.J. Hardy. Yeah. Hardy was fine. Yeah, with the Orioles. <laughs> no, I know, but he was... But that, that pickup for for Gomez might not have been the greatest trade in the world, but... They it were was, one year off on all these o- guys, It man. was okay, right? It was all right. <laughs> yep. Ugh. So, uh, Twins Vent Lines can be open still, too, 651-646-8255. Uh, it's happy hour right now during Mackie and Jeb with Rami. We'll tell you what, and not happy hour. We're not we're not too drunk anyways right now. Maybe on Twins Kool-Aid. We should change that. Uh, but Let's make it happy if hour. If you want to win Twins-Yankees tickets for next Tuesday's game, there's one way to win them between now and 6 o'clock. You just open up the Score North mobile app. If you don't have the Scornoth mobile app or you're not a registered user with your email address and your name, download it. It's free for Apple devices or Android. Just go to your uh, corresponding app store. Make sure you register, and then you can enter. It'll just pop up on your screen, and uh, you can click enter to uh, have a chance to win those Twins-Yankees tickets. Your only window to win the tickets, like I said, is between 4 o'clock and 6 o'clock today. So you got about an hour and 20 minutes. All you have to do is open the Scornoth mobile app where you can also listen to live score north podcasts we will uh come back judd we were going to get to this yesterday but we just ran out of real estate judd has a major beef with something that happened <laughs> at target field yesterday i know you're shocked by that so we'll get to that Six five one six four six eight two five five. federated mutual insurance company is here to protect your business if you're a business owner out there this is a good time to uh, listen up and maybe even if you got a computer or a phone in front of you pull up federatedinsurance.com to find out all the industries that Federated protects, auto services, uh, cabinet and custom woodworking, contractors, dealerships, fuel marketers and distributors, even funeral services, printers, retailers, uh, wholesalers, machine, plastics, tooling, all kinds of different industries. If any of those strike a chord with you, go to federatedinsurance.com and find out how you can take advantage of over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. It helps so much to have that face-to-face relationship and all the in-depth tools and knowledge and expertise that Federated brings to the table. Again, federatedinsurance.com to find your Federated marketing representative and all the industries that Federated protects. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Time for the Score North download here. If you missed it earlier today on Purple Daily, we discussed whether the Vikings are undervalued. That was sparked from a conversation on Good Morning Football this morning. 
Here's what that sounded like. I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings, and okay. I'm going for the simple fact that I think this team can really win a Super Bowl. Okay. Um, this team was so close two years ago. They bring in a guy like Kirk Cousins, who you think will be the saving grace, right? You, you think, oh, he's, he's not Case Keenum. He can make, you know, he's a little bit better of a quarterback is what the perception is. You know, Kirk struggled a little bit. The defense struggled a little bit. I think now that defense, they ended the season playing great football. I think they'll start next year playing really good football. Kurt, another year in this offense with those mm. guys. Kurt's not a guy who was going to jump in day one and be He's amazing. Not. He's a he, he is a nerd. And, 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 and I love that and about him. And you have to be a nerd. You, but Kurt Cousins' ability to, to get in that playbook and understand every intricacy in that playbook is what makes him special. Let us know, Vikings fans. Have they been undervalued this offseason? Hit us up at Score North on Twitter. That's at SKOR North on Twitter. Also, join me and Dan Terhar this Saturday night for Score North's coverage of Minnesota United and Rail Salt Lake pregame at 8.30 p.m. Kickoff at 9 right here on Score North on AM 1500. That's been the Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. When's the last time, gents, that, that we have sat in here on July the 18th and for basically a week-long, if not more, time period, not brought up the, the fact that we're absolutely delighted in breaking down the Vikings because training camp starts next week, and oh my gosh, the Twins are so bad, it's it's glorious. It has been, I started here in 2011, so just as the uh, dumpster fire, for the most part, for the Twins started, Yeah, I want to say, aside from 2017, when they made the wild card game, probably six years of of by now, can can quarterback B beat out quarterback A and just complete complete thank God training camp's going to start because yes it's boring but it beats what we're uh, seeing baseball with I, I almost feel like and this is where Rami can help us we we don't know there's been a couple pop up twins moments <laughs> yeah. but we we don't know how to handle this. We you don't just ride know. the wave. Collar asked me the other day, when do you get excited for football? And I said, it depends how my team's baseball season is going. Yeah. That entirely that. depends on how my team's baseball season is going. And usually the answer to in the last 10 years here locally, with the exception of the one-game wildcard season, is like, we get excited for football season in, in middle of April when right. the Twins are... When the Twins are 0-9 to start the season yeah. or whatever it if was. If the Twins year. and or the Cubs weren't doing what they're doing, I'd be much more itchy for football right now. Much more <laughs> I mean, itchy it's fantastic for not yeah. to be. Exactly. But it's weird, too. It's good. It spreads out the sports calendar a little bit. You're not just you're not just either waiting for or watching football for nine months of it. It's pretty great. <laughs> I'll great. take it every time. Yeah. So, all right, before we get to some more Twins vent line calls here, 651-646-8255. Go ahead, Judd. I know you had you were you've been waiting like twenty four hours to get this off your. Mom, Judd has been waiting to blow for over twenty four hours. It's not my fault. Okay, <laughs> too much beer, too many happy hours, so to speak. Uh, so so yesterday I went to the Twins game, which was supposed to start at twelve oh five, and now the last time that they had a afternoon game, which might have been a Thursday, not a Wednesday, it poured in the morning. It poured into game time. Basically, and you know, so rightfully so, it was a late start. I got that. But yesterday, boys, we didn't start until till 12.45 and at approximately 11.50. No one for the Mets or Twins, uh, starting pitcher-wise, was warming up. There was a tarp, now not on the entire field. In fact, they were watering the infield as the game as game time arrived, as they ordinarily do. Wait, they were watering but the they, infield and they were delaying the game because they expected they, rain? Yes. What? They, they brought, but they brought out a tarp to cover home plate and the pitching mound, and... I am so tired of the radar dictating we're not going to start. Now, if it's raining, it's fine. Okay, so so if it's raining, I am not complaining. But I'm so tired of the radar showing 
there's a storm system coming our way, so we can't start this game. And it's not because of concerns about people. It's because of concerns about now the paranoia of if a starting pitcher starts and then, God forbid, it rains and we have to stop the game, we can't bring him back. So we sat there from 12.05 to 12.46, I believe, when the official first pitch was without starting the game in a rain delay for rain that never happened. I am so tired of being subservient to radar as far as being radar says it's coming. So we can't play unless you can show me a tornado. If you can show me a tornado, that's fine. <laughs> Delay the game. I don't want people to die, but I don't care if uh, Kyle Gibson, Odorizzi, take your pick, throws a couple pitches and then gets rained on. And we either try and play through that or or there's a delay. And then that person, oh, my gosh, he has to come back and pitch. Can we please, if it's not raining, start baseball games? I am, and the the other thing about this, the component that drives me completely crazy is when we delay games and it doesn't rain because it might rain, and then you play, you start, and then you play into the rain. Baltimore Twins opening day, Phil, what was that, 2017 or so? So pleasant. Sounds great for everyone they involved. Cut, cut Rami's mic during this. <laughs> they, they waited in, in opening day. I Put swear to God, Rami. I swear to God, they waited until it started to rain to start the game. Yeah. Can I, we please just play baseball? I don't want to put a roof on anything. What I want to do is, if it's not raining, unless you can show me that people are going to die. I want to start the well, baseball they game. They do that to try and minimize the impact of the weather on the game because you don't want pitchers starting right. and stopping. But they screw it up. How do they screw it up? Because what they do is they often play into the rain because they wait and then it doesn't rain. Well, that's because and then they start the game we and they play about, into the rain. As we talked about the other day, predicting the weather isn't an exact science. Right. Weathermen get it wrong forty percent, which of the is time. why I want them eliminated and I want to start games if it's not raining. Well, we could eliminate the radar altogether if you just hashtag Cut put a mic. roof on it. Yeah, cut, cut his mic. And the other thing is, you, you, you can't do that the... because God, God has created so many great ballparks in which you can't put a roof on now. So that's a not a that's not a, a solution we can use. I don't believe in can't. I keep hearing can't. <laughs> I keep on hearing can't, and no, I don't believe it. Do it again. I'm your boss. <laughs> <laughs> he turned my mic off. This is outstanding. <laughs> I, I love this radio. I will not be silenced. You're silenced. <laughs> put a roof on it. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Hold on, I'm calling security. Eric in Minneapolis, you're on Twins Vent Line with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Hey, what's going on, boys? Hey, Couple so- questions here. So, number one, I don't know where the roster sits at now, but I think we got what thirty six players on the roster on the forty man. So, yeah, c- kind of curious if you guys think something is brewing. Kind of weird. Like I said, that we only got thirty six guys on the roster. Number two, um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm kind of ready to cut bait with Sano. He's been a butcher in the field. It's the same trends over and over again. He keeps swinging and missing. And I know twin fans go back with, you know, letting Big Poppy leave back in the day, but that was Tom Kelly trying to get a six foot five, 250 pound guy to be a single hitter, which is absurd. So I just kind of want to get your guys' opinion on that. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. So on Miguel Sano, here's my, and, I, and Roy Smalley has been all over this on Fox Sports North and was talking to us about this a couple of days ago that, the Twins are essentially trying to overhaul his mechanics on the fly to get him to let the ball come in deeper and just be more focused on not looping your swing around mm-hmm. and trying to pull everything. And that's where like the David Ortiz thing is a little bit of a narrative, too, because David Ortiz is one of the great opposite field hitters of his generation, and the Twins just wanted him to use the like the whole field. And, and David Ortiz kind of took it and blew it out of proportion. But, but if... if 
If Miguel Sano is trying to change his mechanics on the fly as one of the most prolific strikeout hitters in baseball history, what makes you confident if no other top hitters are able to do this? If Roy Smalley is right that like this is something that it's it's I can't overstate how hard it is to do this on the fly. Why would Miguel Sano be the one that we trust to do this on the fly and succeed? I don't I just don't I don't see it. He's striking out 40% of his plate appearances. And he's in his fifth full or partial season in the major leagues. Like he's been to the plate almost two thousand times, and still strikes out almost half the time he comes up. Like, why are we? Does it matter how much? Him does it change? matter how much he strikes out, or does it matter what he's doing on the at bats where he doesn't strike out? To me, when you strike out that much, it matters. I think strikeouts. You could say strikeouts don't matter until you're historically. If if you're the the historical strikeout rate leader in a hundred years of baseball history, along with Joey Gallo. It matters. I think it matters. I think if we were, if you were getting the power production out of him that they think they can get out of Miguel Sano, we wouldn't compare about this. We wouldn't care about the strikeout rate. I don't think we'd care at all. And that's what they're trying to get to. I don't think they're trying to cut down his strikeouts. I think they're trying to make the yeah, at bats where he doesn't strike out more successful more often. I think the problem, and unless something changes almost mentally here for him drastically pretty quickly, I think the problem is. The Twins have the best of intentions and good ideas of how to adjust things, but there's always going to be then, once he puts his approach on film, right, an adjustment to that, and and I hate to say this, but I don't think he's capable of then adjusting himself. And so then it comes back to, okay, Twins, what can you do now? And so I feel like that this guy is always going to be a step or two behind. Again, it comes back to, look at the smart guys. Buxton, right? Athletically. Pretty smart. Byron Buxton knew exactly what he was after. He didn't achieve it, but I feel like he is maximizing what he can potentially do here. Sano has tons of talent, but it's always as if he comes up, he's successful. Baseball's like, okay, this is why we're stopping it. They do, right? Mm -hmm. Then the Twins are like, okay, now we'll do this. But I never feel like it's Sano adjusting himself, and so so he's always going to fall back into the same traps because the adjustments to him overwhelm him and overmatch yeah. him. Can if we, that makes sense, it does. Can we can we go back to something Rami said a couple minutes ago? Because you said for you, it's more about we wouldn't care about the strikeouts if he was more productive in the stuff that wasn't yeah, strikeouts. On the other sixty right? percent of his at bats, so that he's not striking out. Let me let me let me sort of. Let me break it down this way. A little uh, little PMAC fact attack mm-hmm. number two here for you. Ready okay. for it. All right. Uh-huh. So he strikes out in 40% of his plate appearances. So it's fair to say just he strikes out almost half the time he comes up to the plate. It's just an automatic out. Right. Like four in every ten times he comes to the plate, you throw those out the window, and now you're only getting this other chunk of pie. Okay? All right. Did you know that when he hits a fly ball this season, when he hits a fly ball, it goes out of the ballpark for a home run, one in every three fly balls. That's a pretty good that's rate. That's amazing. That's an like, amazing That's rate. ridiculous. Yeah. So to me, I look at that and I say, okay, if you can even like sustain part of that rate and just get more fly balls out there, so that's why if you can cut down on those strikeouts and just hit more fly balls, at the rate he's hitting fly balls out of the ballpark, he would be one of the best home run hitters in all the baseball, but he's not giving himself a chance because he strikes out too much, and that's where strikeouts become a problem for me. When you look at that, and say, dude, when you hit a fly ball, you're hitting a home run one of every three fly balls. That's ridiculous. Or hit, you hit look, more fly balls. Or you can look at it and say, hit more fly balls on the other sixty percent of your at bats where you're not striking out. 
Right? But he's hitting a lot of fly balls. But not enough. Because he strikes out all the time. If the production was there. If he was striking yeah. out 40% of the time and hitting home runs on 30% of his at-bats, you'd be okay. You'd be fine. You'd right, be totally fine. Let's take uh, another Twins vent line call here from Mike in Burnsville. You're on with Mackie and Judd and Rami, Mike. We're going to win, Twins. We're going to score. Put Trevor May in and watch that baseball soar. Knock <laughs> oh, out oh. a few home runs and put Tyler Duffy in. Watch that lead evaporate again. Go Minnesota Twins. Wow. You know, people like you made oh, Trevor man. May quit Twitter yesterday, right? <laughs> no, yeah, for an hour. He's back, though. <laughs> that was a hell of an effort. <laughs> he quit Twitter for an hour. I know. I've, ne- I've never done that. Have you ever done that? Quit Twitter for quit an hour? Quit Twitter for an hour? I could never. I couldn't do I it. Would, I would never quit Twitter. No. Only when I sleep at night. Exactly. I quit Twitter. And even then, I get up in the middle of the night. I'm like, anybody <laughs> trolling me? You up? <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine the, the feeling of actually deleting your account. I could never do that to myself. Like, yeah, could, could you I'm ever addicted. go and, and be like, I'm so upset right now. I'm going to delete my Twitter. I could never do that. I feel like that'd, that'd almost be like putting down a pet. I've done that before. That was difficult. I think I might be more upset if I put Twitter down. Because this is can me. You, can you, like... Can, I've done it can, twice. I'm telling you. Can you cremate your Twitter account? <laughs> Go pick it up in an urn and spring, sprinkle it around Target Field? I saw some people were uh, were burdened with the new Twitter. Did you guys get the new Twitter today? Or Judd's had it for a while, right? There's new I Twitter. I did get a new Twitter a while There's back. There's new Twitter? There's new Twitter. For, for, like for the for de- phone for the, no for the desktop oh. version yeah what happened I saw a few people tweeting that the new Twitter dropped it's I don't know how I don't know why they're just doing it for random people on random dates Judd's had it for a while but it it looks so here I'll I'll show it to you Judd's Rami. Twitter looks completely different from our Twitter show it to Phil okay. I've seen what it. does this is not what does the new Twitter offer not that tweet, the old Twitter I don't even know not this an edit button yeah. not an edit button not the thing everybody wants from Twitter boy look at that yeah That's something it doesn't right bother there. me I don't really care technology I would never delete it though. I love it. What Twitter? You wake up in the middle of the night to to fire off tweets with your new My Pillow. Now I don't. I just sleep right through the night. Just sleep nice. right through the night. The trolls control all they want. I'll be sleeping the best I ever have and falling asleep faster than I ever have thanks to my My Pillow and their patented interlock fill that adjusts to how I sleep. It'll adjust to how you sleep, and you can throw it in the washer. You can throw it in the dryer. It also comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee, so if for whatever reason you don't like it, you will, but if you don't, you get a full refund, and my pillow has a 10-year guarantee, 10 years on a pillow. What do you have to lose? And right now, you can get a two-pack of my pillow premiums for $69.98. That's just $34.99 per pillow. That's right, $34.99 per pillow. Their best offer ever. It's still the best pillow out there. It's still made in Minnesota, and right now you get two of them for $34.99 a piece. It's a great deal on the best pillow that you'll ever buy. I love my pillow. I know you'll love yours. Pillows like this go for upwards of $100 a piece, but if you go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio special in the top right-hand corner and enter the promo code NORTH, you will activate your savings. You will get two new my pillow premiums at their best price ever. You can also call 800 620 4439 or once again that website mypillow.com. Click on the radio special tab and enter the promo code north. Better sleep is waiting for you. Get two premium my pillows for just $34.99 per piece. Go to mypillow.com and enter the promo code north.